Grace and peace and friendship with our Savior Jesus Christ is ours. Amen. What if you were dating someone that you thought you might want to spend the rest of your life with and Jesus appeared to you in a vision and said, I just want you to know that in year three, he or she is going to cheat on you. Would you go through with it? What if you were uh, wanting to, you know, your best friend and you were going to create a business, an LLC, and go into business together, and you found out from the Lord in one night in a dream, at about year five, he's going to embezzle $300,000 from the business and disappear. Would you go ahead and do it? What if you had a friend that was going to go with you on the Appalachian Trail, weeks and weeks of hiking? And then you found out by some strange metaphysical uh, apparition that they would quit on you after week three. Would you take them with you on the Appalachian Trail? You get the theme of what I'm asking about? Who would do it? Who wouldn't drop that person in each one of those scenarios? Well, Jesus wouldn't. What I described for you was what Jesus knew. Early on in the Gospels, especially the Gospel of John, it says he knew which one would betray him. Think of letting Judas hang with him for months, knowing that he was going to go and get 30 pieces of silver and then hand Jesus over. But not only that, that he knew what you heard him say tonight. All of you are going to fall away because of me. How could he do it? How could Jesus resist the urge to, to, re, not, to reject those guys? Don't cop out and say, well, he's God. <laughs> God can do anything. No, he was fully man also. Not a sinful person, but fully human. And by being willing to do it, he felt all the hurt that you've ever felt by being let down, betrayed, or hurt by another person. But it was more than you've ever felt. And he was feeling it that night. We can get a hint on how he could do it. Tonight, there's going to be two points that we see in the reading on how Jesus could do it. And we're going to learn about his friendship with us that's going to be very beneficial. The first part of the reading is from, it's from Matthew 26, verse 31. I'll read it to you. Jesus told them, This very night you will all fall away on account of me. For it is written, I will strike the shepherd and the sheep of the flock will be scattered. What do you think? In that one verse is a reason why he could do it. Because Jesus saw the bigger picture because of the Scriptures. He believed the Bible. He believed it more than any of us have ever believed it. All through the Gospels, it says, Jesus did this so that the Scriptures would be fulfilled. Sometimes He even said it. In the Garden of Gethsemane later that night when Peter tried to get into battle, Jesus said, put your sword away. How else could the Scriptures be fulfilled? Later on the cross, 
It says, he knew all the scriptures were fulfilled. Therefore, he said, it is fulfilled. That's what he meant when he said, it is finished. He saw the bigger picture because he knew the scriptures. This passage, unless you look it up, you just don't know. We don't study it that much. It's Zechariah 13, 7. Zechariah the prophet says, before this in chapter 12, the foolish shepherds God will strike down. But then he gets to chapter 13 and he says, the good shepherd I will strike and his sheep will be scattered. The theology of the cross that even was weird to the father and the son, but was for us, was the bigger picture. This was all part of the plan of salvation that one of the sufferings that Jesus would endure for your sins and mine was bad friends. They quit on him because they were afraid. They didn't have much faith. But it was part of the bigger picture. Since it was part of the bigger picture, it wasn't planned. God doesn't concur with the failings and the sins that we choose to do or choose not to do. Uh, he, he, he doesn't concur with that. But in his providential will, he allows and if he uses everything to fulfill his plan. That's why he's called in the New Testament, in the, in the uh, epistles, the God of all hope. God had perfect hope himself, even though his son would be abandoned by people like those 12. You say, well, Jesus was God. Can a sinner have the same? Can they, because of the bigger picture, hope in God, learn? Before we go there, let me just say this. I know and you know that we feel guilty for failing Jesus all the time. If we don't, we should. But he knows also the bigger picture of how he uses in our lifetime his word and his gospel and his people and circumstances to draw us back to himself. Just like he told in the parable of the two sons, the circumstances of the famine, the remembering that his dad was gracious, how Jesus tells the story, and then how the father even also appeals to the older son who's self-righteous and doesn't think he needs grace. Yeah, Jesus, Jesus is the quintessential, patient, forgiving friend with you and me too. Now let's go there. Could a sinner be like Jesus? Do you know one in the Bible that because of the bigger picture forgave? I'll just say it. Not because of the cross. He never mentions the cross. But because he trusted God's bigger plan, he was free to forgive instead of hold everybody accountable for messing up the details of his ideal life he had for himself. He could be a friend like Jesus. Talking about Joseph in Genesis. If you read carefully Joseph's words when he reveals himself to his brothers in chapter 45 and then again defends the grace of God in chapter 50, this is what he'll say. Don't be mad at yourselves. God intended it for good, but you intended it for evil. But God intended it for good to save many lives and to save a remnant. And when he said save a remnant, he's talking about a remnant of the Jews. He didn't know the whole story, was how it was going to unfold, but that included a remnant from which would come 
a savior. God's bigger plan. Joseph saw the bigger plan that God used him to save many lives and the remnant of his chosen people, the family of Abraham. The God of the three patriarchs, of which his father was the third, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Joseph saw the bigger picture, and therefore he could forgive. And my friends, therefore you can too. Your Savior does it for you, and that becomes your power to do it just like your Savior and Joseph did, because there's a bigger picture. So I'll just say it like a a brother would say it to his brother. Stop being so pedestrian. I'm really saying it to myself because I, I struggle with it just as much as the next person. Someone gets, lets me down or does something that hurts me. And my first thought is, that is so unfair. And, that's so, and, and, and there's, there's just got to be a way to try to think through what they did or didn't do in order to straighten it out in my mind how this has to be made right somehow. Or maybe not. Maybe it's part of a bigger plan even for you to be hurt by them. Not God concurring with the evil but planning to use it like he did with Joseph to move him to Egypt like he did with Jesus so we could preach the gospel about a forgiving Savior when we let him down 2,000 years later and it sticks part of the story that resonates on tonight just one facet but it's a good one right But you got to get back on the ground and see another reason that Jesus, in the events themselves, knew he was going to be able to forgive them. And he wanted them to feel it too. It's there. It's kind of subliminal. So I want to show it to you. It's fun to see it. It's it's the next verse after the quote. But after after I have risen, I will go ahead of you into Galilee. Peter replied that he wouldn't ever run away and Jesus said you'll deny me three times and Jesus said when the rooster crow he'll crow twice before you deny me three times Uh, Luke's gospel says that Jesus said to Peter at this very same moment Peter Satan has asked for you to sift you as wheat but I have prayed for you and when you have returned to me encourage your brothers You see that part about going ahead of them into Galilee? Remember the Easter story revealing himself to Mary Magdalene? And he says, tell the disciples, go to Galilee and I'll meet you there. Now he sees them later that night, briefly, and then disappears. But then they meet him in Galilee. And Galilee's where it all started. It's the restart in the Gospels. You can feel it in John 21 when he he makes them catch the great catch of fish again. And then Peter jumps out of the boat. And he swims to shore and Jesus three times asks if you love me. Just like he had denied him three times. And three times he reinstates him as a shepherd, a pastor, an apostle, a leader of the people in his church. I'll go ahead of you into Galilee because I'll be going ahead of you as your friend and your savior. A friend who would have fish on the shore already cooking for you as I love you. I'm not going to give you the cold shoulder and stand off even though you failed me. I'll go ahead of you. It's all part of those, all those gospels that I've kind of alluded to now of Jesus preparing them for the return after they failed. What a friend. 
he is. This morning, because we had our seniors here, we uh, had the tables up and we had Lord's Supper, and it was, a, it, was a, it was a great illustration. But we have the Lord's Supper other times. Isn't it interesting, isn't it wonderful, that he prepared the Lord's Supper to be the meal we share with him over his grace? Take, eat, this is my body. Take, drink, this is my blood. And he gave it on that night that he knew his friends would make a promise they wouldn't keep. And he said, do this in remembrance of me because he knew that he was going to bring them back. And isn't that meal the thing that you keep coming back to because you have a proper understanding that it's a grace meal between you and Jesus, not a law meal? It's not something that you earn the right to be at, but that you come humbly receiving the mercy and grace and love of God. And doesn't it also give you the power to forgive the people that come to the meal with you, whether they're from your family or from your church, or maybe even give you the power to forgive somebody out there somewhere? Because Jesus forgives you at the Lord's Supper. What a friend. Our friend. It seems like right now, these times in America that, um, where we live, that the, the tolerance for the, the message of Christ from a, a faith is, is more and more not listened to. It's such, that's it, what makes this time so much more important for us to be incarnate. That we would be in the flesh the forgiving friends that Jesus was. That people that maybe ideologically want to argue about religion could experientially experience grace by being with us as their friend. That they would, they would know that those guys quickly forgive, they quickly are patient, they quickly are loving, they're filled with gospel. They live in something that they call the gospel and they seem to be happy, even though I'm one of them that let them down. And they seem to have an open door for me to still have a friendship with them, even though I'm the one that hurt them. It's easy to talk about, hard to practice, but if we keep our eyes on Jesus, listen to him like we are tonight, by his spirit, he can lead us to be that. And that's what we hope for. Amen.